Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, Nadia Shaw, and this is your moment of synchronicity. Well, I'm so excited to celebrate with you today, my friends who I've known for a long time, Donna Young and Jeannie Picasso. Now, these two women are a force in astrology. I kid you not. They are at the forefront of all kinds of incredible initiatives, educational programs at some of the most renowned organizations and institutions really in astrology in the world, including Kepler College, the world-renowned Kepler College, and other organizations as well including an upcoming incredible event that I've been brought on to, which is called the Canadian Astrology Conference. Now, this is going to be a huge party online or in person (laughs) in Calgary, Alberta, and we are going to have a lot of fun together, not only in terms of a bunch of crazy Canadian astrologers gathering with our American friends, very much welcome as well, but also Right now, during this interview, I think there's going to be a lot to learn and a lot to celebrate here together. Donna, Jeannie, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Nadia. Thank you, Nadia. Of course. Well, it's so nice to get to know you in a different capacity because I've interacted with you guys as part of how much at the forefront you are with your professional activities and helping astrology reach more people, be that much stronger organizationally, educationally. So let me ask, because I know that there's lots of stuff that both of you do, but how about you tell me the motivation? Let's start with Jeannie. Why don't we do that? Jeannie, why and what inspires you to be part of astrology and making it strong organizationally and educationally? Astrology has been part of my life, I would say, for mm, a good 58 years. And it, it was a turning point in my life as well in my late teens. I think that astrology, we've come a long way, and it's about time that we were recognized for the good that we do in the community. And the, it, the information that can be brought forward and the, te- the how would I put it? The methodology that we use that is accepted throughout the world that makes astrology valid to everyone or anyone that that approaches it. I just love it. And so what do you mean by that when you say the methodology that makes it valid? How do you understand that? So we use the um, astronomical positions of our planets. We calculate the ascendant, the the time that we're born. And then we use a specific methodology to say if there is an aspect between a specific planet or if there's a specific position in our chart, it means this, or this is the energy that it brings, or this is how your life will unfold, or this is something that you should be aware of because it's an inherent Achilles tendon that you have when you're backed into a corner. So, and these are are noticed, or these are methodologies that are used throughout the world by all astrologers. And as you know, in India, they will tell you what date to actually buy the clothes for your wedding, which is a specific methodology and a specific way to look look at astrology and how it influences your life. 
Wow. And so the techniques themselves can be a powerful way of speaking to how valid and important astrology is to the collective. Exactly. And when we use uh, in science, when you use scientific methodology, you, if you're trying to prove something, you use a set of standards, and that's what they're called, is standards throughout the scientific world to get to make sure that what you are viewing and you get to the end point does follow a certain set of rules so it is validated. And that's what we use in astrology. Even though science does not acknowledge that this type of methodology is valid, we do use a specific type of methodology to get to the end result. I love it. You're so passionate about what you do and <laughs> your contribution to it. It's amazing. Now, Donna Young, the lovely Donna Young as well. Uh, what about you? What inspires you to contribute just the way that you do educationally, organizationally? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And unlike Jeannie and then unlike many astrologers my age in the world, I didn't actually come into astrology until I was quite a bit older. I, it wasn't a lifelong study for me or a lifelong passion. But when I found it, I went in both feet into the deep end of the pool. So I came from a different place and I was coming from really a complete beginner. Like I barely even read my newspaper horoscope. And as a beginner, it was really hard for me to find my way. So I, I had found like some local classes, but you know, they would only take me so far. And I've, by that time, I mean, I think it was different for some of our older astrologers where there were only a small amount of books that you could buy. By the time I started to be interested in it, it was like, there were so many books and so many different directions that you could go. And to try and just find a path to like to fight through all the noise, which has only gotten louder. What people have to deal with now is nothing compared to what it was even when I started studying. So to me, it's important that that there are schools in the world that have helps have the ability to cut through all that noise and to just learn what is the real fundamental things that you need to learn in order to be a good astrologer. And I, I feel like I fight for that every day. I'm not saying that there's only one way to do it. But if you have somebody that can help you and to guide you and to mentor you through those programs or mm -hmm. what books you should be reading or everything that goes along, who you should be listening to, all of those things, then you're going to be a little bit farther ahead. So it's something that I wish would have really existed in a bigger way when I first started. And I'm so glad that I found my way to Kepler College in fairly short order. Yeah, and it's very powerful to consider the power of mentorship because that's one thing with Kepler College is that class sizes are small and they're kept small for a reason. And, uh, you know, I have told just about anybody who will listen that I dreamed about being on the faculty of Kepler College. <laughs> and even though now I have my own school, Synchronicity University, we approach education very differently, which has its own place, where we like to reach the masses, we like to offer classes at choose your tuition rate. And so it really becomes about, you know, one, two, 300 people joining a class. But it's only at Kepler. And the reason that I stay on with Kepler is partly because of how proud I am to be part of such a preeminent institution, but also because it gives you that chance as a facilitator, but then also to see as students as well, 
where you get that one-on-one guidance, that mentorship, and you see the excellence in astrology, like really the best astrologers in the world teach at Kepler College. And both of you have been part of creating, I know there have been lots of other people as well who've come, who've been part of creating this very strong institution of Kepler College, but the two of you are so at the forefront of really affirming quality, incredible education taught by the best and facilitating the future best of astrologers as well. Mm -hmm. And I just give my kudos to you guys. You were the institution that I said, (laughs) if I teach at Kepler, I have made it. If I teach (laughs) at Kepler, I know I'm good. And so it's exciting, not only for me to be a part of that, but then to see the other astrologers as well. It's just such a wonderful thing that the two of you have contributed to creating. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank we're, you. Well, we're definitely on the shoulders of giants. And yeah. I think that anybody, we, we can say that that's true. We're all standing on the shoulders of giants. But certainly, you know, we didn't invent it. There were no. people that came before us that made massive contributions. And where we're at right now is really just to help to try and finesse those things out and make some changes yeah. roll with the times a little bit. So that's where we're at. And we hope for just bigger and better things, not just for our college, you know, personally, but for astrology in general. That's the entire goal, right? The entire goal is to make it so that there are better astrologers in the world. And I think that's a goal that all schools hold in common. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree totally. I think one of the big things right now, because the internet is so open to everything is to have valid astrologers out there when people are really reaching out when they have questions when they're at crossroads and they're in their lives or they have uh, decisions that they have to make and they haven't been able to find anyone to help them with their decisions help them sort out their brain as they move forward it's uh, it's important to have a, a solid astrological basis before Nadia, you might you might know the person who said this. Some ancient astrologer wrote, "Astrology is astrology is always right. Astrologers, not so much." Do you know who said that? (laughs) I don't know who said that, but that makes a lot of sense. Another phrase that I've heard that is ancient, and I wish I knew who said it, is, "You can't have astrology without the astrologer." Yeah, and that is exactly you nailed it. Yeah, so those things have to go together. So when we have a whole bunch of people not believing in astrology, I would argue that what you're not believing in is the astrologer that you were reading or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Astrology, if we're excellent at it, is always going to be right. Yes. Uh, I think it's also interesting. I had this amazing discussion with a friend of mine recently where she told me how 10 years ago, she had a reading with uh, an astrologer. Uh, and at the time, she was like, oh, no, this person, no, he's not right. He doesn't know what he's saying and stuff like that. And she said how she found the recording of that reading. And she'd been listening to it. She heard it three times in the last week. And every time she's listened, she has been amazed at how right on this person was, but she wasn't ready to hear it. And I thought about myself before I became a professional astrologer as well, how many times, there were a handful of times when I was not in a place to receive what it was that the person was saying, or maybe the person was saying something like they were looking at an aspect 
And they were talking about it in a way that didn't resonate with me. But now I see what they were talking about. And I'm like, oh, yes, of course. They were trying to encapsulate and help (laughs) me to understand a Pluto transit. But we hear things in our own unique ways. And one good thing that does result from all the proliferation of astrologers out there now, which is wonderful that we have the means to reach more people than ever before, thanks to social media and such, um, is that you're able to that much more tune into a voice and an interpretation that matters to you. The symbol is the same, but how you interpret it, that's the astrologer. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's exactly true. Yeah. And so now the Canadian Astrology Conference. So once again, you guys, this is a massive (laughs) event. I am going to be there as MC. And even though we've got a whole bunch of talks uh, and Donna's giving a talk, Jeannie's giving a talk, uh, you'll get to have some of me throughout the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I'll be there speaking between every speaker. uh, And so it'll be so much fun being fully invested in the party that is set to take place. And so you guys have been part of organizing the Canadian Astrology Conference in the past as well, right? Correct. Yeah. What motivated me not so that? much, but me not so much, but Donna Moore and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the motivation was really that, of course, it's really hard for people to break into the speaking circuit. I mean, that was the primary motivation, and so we thought, well, if we can create a place where our Canadian astrologers, because it's there's not there's not a whole ton of really well known Canadian astrologers, as you know. And we thought if we could create a space for them to really just get their feet wet, I mean, that's a part of it. So, you know, we've we've got room for people who are not necessarily as seasoned as speakers. But also, we felt that there should be a conference that Canadians could go to without having to have a passport. And that's really like kind of a big a big motivation for that, because there we have had, I think, smaller regional ones, but um, in terms of being able to just open something up that's just for Canadians. Mm-hmm. seemed important. Yes, but America's, I mean, we do have the Canadian Astrology Conference of 2023, international guest, Rick Levine, the one yes. and only, the great Rick Levine, as I call him. <laughs> and I know for a fact that with the Canadian Astrology Conference, lots of Americans go there as well. Part of the reason is because of the caliber of speaker. As much as it's nice to get you know, your feet wet. Still, there's incredible speakers. And the other thing is, well, two things come to mind. One is if you're American, the exchange rate makes this just a bargain basement deal. Mm. Uh, But the other thing uh, is that it is very special to gather with other astrologers, like full stop. It's very special. And so Donna, even though you have been uh, organizing and been part of the Canadian Astrology Conference for a while, Jeannie, you're more new. So what uh, inspired you to get involved other than, of course, you and and Donna have this amazing uh, synergy between the two of you, right? There's this amazing energy between the two of you. I've been getting to know it as I've been uh, participating in some of the organizational stuff where it comes to the Canadian Astrology Conference. So I guess there's that, hanging out with your friend and doing something fun. But what else do you think uh, it is that attracted you to this experience? Well, 
I don't know. I support Donna in whatever she does. So <laughs> <laughs> she says, we'll do this. Sure. Why not? It'll it, whatever. It will always be fun and it'll always be an experience. It, our, our conference is earth wisdom astrology. So it's, it's, Pulling in the indigenous and the earth wisdom, the shamanic approach to astrology and the knowledge behind it. Astrology is as old as as earth itself. People have been looking at the stars. I know we as astrologers look at the triad, the ascendant, the sun and the moon. But, But ancient peoples looked at the sun, the moon and Venus. Venus, the the morning star, was always, or the night star, or you built your temple so that Venus rising shone through that one little pinhole. All of this through, especially in Indigenous North American, the Mayans, the the Plains people with their medicine wheels and looking to the eastern and the and the uh, the setting sun or the setting star, it's all Venus. So this is really interesting it's always been interesting to me uh, to look at how they have applied the the wisdom of the skies to the same telling of the story of life and where you're going and how they saw the future i mean look at our our meteorologist who's carl klimek who's going to do astro meteorology he's going to tell us about what's coming up in in the seasons just using the stars and the planets and so i love that you mentioned segued i'm sorry donna uh, we'll just come back to that thought hold that thought but i love that Jeannie did segue into shamanic astrology like that is set to be a big part of the focus um and so i'd love to talk to you guys about that as well so donna what were you going to say uh, I was just going to say that one of the things that I think that when I was thinking about earth wisdom astrology, it was more about getting out of our heads and thinking about really practical ways that, you know, the indigenous people like Jeannie was talking about would look at what's going on in the heavens and how you bring that down into practical reality. And so then it kind of migrated a little into well, what other people are practicing astrology in a way that's more connected to like our physical bodies than to, at least for me, I tend to get really in my head with astrology a lot. So the idea was just to to ground it a little bit more. Uh, It's not like our Indigenous peoples, at least in Canada, were practicing astrology in the same way that we do, but they were, of course, using the timing cycles and watching the stars for signs for when to do things. Um, and so they were using astrology in a way, not the same way that we do, but certainly there was a connection there. But all of that that is just going to be more integrated was what we wanted to explore. I remember it was 2010, I think, that we had the Olympics in Vancouver, Canada. And I don't remember if it was the opening ceremony or the closing ceremony But there was this incredible uh, part, and I get chills when I remember it because it was so meaningful to me, where they showed some of the Indigenous stories surrounding the constellations. And even if uh, the Indigenous people of the Americas and the different First Nations that have existed throughout the Americas, Mm -hmm. even if horoscopic astrology was done differently or certain celestial bodies had different understandings behind them, 
none, nevertheless, there's still this sense of understanding that we are intimately connected to our environment. And that's mm-hmm. our earthly environment, but how the sky and earth are intimately connected, that they are both earth-based as part of our own experience, our human yes. experience on earth. It's wonderful to see that affirmation take place with this conference. And so Jeannie mentioned shamanic astrology, and you mentioned Donna, earth-based astrology. So let me ask, let's let's just touch on quickly, um, what specifically are you, Jeannie, going to be doing your presentation on? Because there's a whole bunch of presentations. I know you there two are doing your own. You've got lots of other astrologers as well. What are you going to be talking about, Jeannie? I am going to be talking about uh, the astrology of the medicine wheel. So we'll be pulling in the, the pre-conference uh, um, sacred ceremony is that Guy Shida is going to be leading us on is a visit to the major Ville uh, medicine wheel, which is one of the largest. There are three spoke type medicine wheels in North America, one in Wyoming, one in North Dakota, I think, and the one in Alberta. The one in Alberta is the largest in North America. It can be seen from space. So it's very, very large and doing a ceremony, a sacred ceremony there is going to be absolutely phenomenal. I've been out there a number of times. It is a very, very spiritual place. You can see for miles and miles and miles in all directions. It was a great place for a gathering of the Plains Indians. Hundreds of a hundred thousand natives would travel to this, this place to do ceremony. So it's wonderful. But I'm going to be personally talking about astrology and the medicine wheel. We all have an eastern gate, our ascendant. We all have the southern, the western, the northern gates. And how that applies in those energies and how do we work those energies and how do we work the moon throughout all of these gates that gives us our habitual patterns and our our moods as we move through every month, every year, and every 30-year cycle. So that's my talk, in a nutshell. Give us something like what, if I wanted to like get a little taste of uh, understanding the chart from that medicine wheel perspective, what's something I could look at in my chart right now to, to have an understanding? So you could look at your ascendant, descendant, your midhaven, and your IC. And those are the four gates right there and your ascendant is definitely the eastern gate and the western gate is your descendant and the eastern gate is always where the sun rises where things begin where things are unfold and the western gate is where things uh, reach their fullness so these are that's how you would look at your at your chart and get those energies and of course there's also the northwest southwest All of those have energies and how you utilize them within your chart and how, if there are planets there, or if you're lacking planets there, how do you utilize that energy? Wow. And so if the ascendant is beginnings, whenever there is, whether natally or by transit, if you've got stuff happening near your ascendant, that can speak to the beginnings happening in your life and the nature of those beginnings is that what you mean the nature the nature of the shifts in your life for example think of a saturn transit 
over top of your ascendant, over top of your eastern gate. So eastern is opening, is rebirth, is everything is, is the sun is shining and the gate is opening. Now you're allowing that energy in. And Saturn is coming in and right on that ascendant. And it's saying, now this is you. How are we going to incorporate the structure that Saturn brings? And the beauty of looking into the future with solid structure in the new you as you move forward and how to utilize that energy how to apply that energy and not be afraid of it we don't like change we as humans are not really uh liking the shift that happens with with movements like this but incorporating it with the with the beginnings then you see how shift can be made made to happen within yourself Wow, what an interesting way to start to look at your ascendant differently. And your talk will touch on all these very important chart points of the angles to help us to understand them differently. I'm really looking forward to learning that much more from you. And Donna, what is your talk about? I'm going to be talking about gardening by the moon. So that is something that when I started gardening, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that I grew up on a farm and we, of course, we had a massive garden. But I, I don't think that my parents used that as a technique in terms of growing <laughs> Although, you know, we know the Farmer's Almanac, which doesn't profess to be about astrology, but uses all of those things. It talks about moon phase. And even though it doesn't tell you when the, when the moon is in, you know, this particular sign, you should do this. When you buy calendars, it's like marked on, oh, there's a leaf. That's a day to plant something, right? So we have all kinds of calendars already that we're using that we might not necessarily realize are astrologically based, but that's exactly what they are. And so when I decided to get into gardening on my own, I thought, well, I don't know a ton about gardening, but I know a little bit about astrology. <laughs> so I thought I'm going to use all the tools that I can to help me in support of that. So. For example, uh, you might want to be planting plants that are going to be growing up when you have a waxing moon. And then depending if it's um, if you want to plant flowers, you might plant that when the moon is in Libra, which is like one of the few air signs where you might plant a moon. But typically, we're going to be looking at water signs that are, are very fertile, of course, as we know, as astrologers. Um, and earth signs, if you're planting root vegetables, there's all kinds of different things that we would look at. And so it's the combination of things that I'm going to try and piece together in this talk. And of course, for people in Canada, we've got a very short growing season, I think where I live more so than where the two of you live. But when you have a really short growing season, you absolutely need to make the best of it. It's not like you get another chance. If your first crop fails, you don't get a second crop. So my, my objective that in my own garden and to present to everyone is how we can best uh, bring all of these little bits and pieces together so that if you are a gardener, uh, that you can optimize everything that we have going. It's not always going to be perfect because you might find the perfect day and then it pours rain that day and you can't do anything. <laughs> there's only so much you can do. And when you only have a really short, narrow window, there's still only so much you can do. But it's a talk that will be appropriate, not just for astrologers. I mean, anybody out there who is a gardener, you're not going to need uh, astrology to necessarily uh, appreciate this talk. So I hope that I hope that you join me. 
<laughs> well, two things stand out to me by what you just said. One of them is that already I feel like I've learned something I can use. Now, because I've I know Donna and Jeannie and we have our conversations from time to time, both of them know I am in the boonies of Southern Ontario at the moment, which is very unusual for me. I am, I consider myself like international and I love big cities <laughs> and condos and clubbing and dancing and beaches. I mean, that's the life I love to live. But I happen to be home right now through the summer. And so there's nothing to do in the boonies of Canada. I'm going to tell you guys that right now, if you don't already know. I mean, intuitively, I think everybody knows that there's <laughs> nothing to do in the boonies of Canada. And so, yeah, I've been paying attention to the garden. It's been kind of interesting. And so I am going to apply that right away. Like, okay, if I want to plant something, do it with a water moon. Like that's something I can use right away. So I'm really excited about that. Now, the other thing I thought about when you were talking was, you may or may not be aware of this, but St. Augustine was an early Christian philosopher and very influential in the proliferation of Christianity in Europe for his time, uh, in the very like first 300 years or so, the first couple hundred years of, of uh, Christianity. Anyways, it was um, Augustine that said that we shouldn't get into astrology because astrology relies on um, inspiration and what he called the daemon, which is like a enthused spirit of genius, but it required you to open yourself up to energies, basically. And you don't know if the energy you're connecting to is good or not good. So it's better to just leave it alone because you might think you're being so good and it's a good energy, but actually it is not like that can be part of what you might end up tapping into if you choose to practice astrology. However, what Augustine did was he did acknowledge that knowing some astrology, especially understanding the moon, is helpful and beneficial to farmers. And by saying that, okay, if you're a farmer, you can use this to a certain extent, he left a little bit of a door open. And because he left that door a little bit open, it allowed astrology to continue to thrive in the Western world. And really, he is seen as this incredibly important figure uh, that astrologers can thank <laughs> for the fact that we still have astrology today, such a part of mass culture uh, as it has become. Of course, as you said earlier, we are all on the shoulders of giants. Many, many people came after him who helped us along the way. But yeah, thanks, Augustine, who, as much as you tried to <laughs> keep us down. Thanks for farming <laughs> and the truth that shows up there. Here we are practicing astrology today. So I'm really looking forward to that talk. I know I'm going to learn a lot that I'll probably only use for this moment of my life. And then I'll go back to my comfort zone of big <laughs> and condos and, and, and nightclubs and all of that. So the Canadian Astrology Conference, everybody, is happening very soon. It is happening in the middle of September. I believe it's the weekend of the 15th of September. And in person in Calgary, Alberta, you'd be very welcome. But it's also online as well. So you can join us online. And then, of course, we have the great Rick Levine, who's our very special international guest. Uh, and so it just seems so incredible. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it as well. So both of you, kudos to you. But of course, we're going to have a lot of fun together. I think I mentioned, I think this is the fourth time I'm going to say it's going to be a party. It's going to be a party. 
it is going to be a party. OPA is sponsoring a hospitality suite as well. Thank so you, yeah, it is it is going to be open the Friday evening and the Saturday evening. We're just going to have party time, party central. <laughs> yes, and thank you to OPA. I should say the Organization for Professional Astrologers. They are an important sponsor, and because of them, there's going to be a Friday night uh, open to everybody hospitality suite. And the hospitality suites, I got to tell you, a lot goes down, a lot of fun, (laughs) a lot of learning, but a lot of uh, the freedom that comes with being an astrologer, just speaking your language, being whoever you are. It is just so wonderful. Uh, And so a big thank you to them for sponsoring that. Donna, did you want to add anything? About the party. About, about what's the party. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything. <laughs> it's a whole thing, right? You're learning, you're having thing. fun. We've got yeah. the banquet happening as well. If you don't want to join the actual conference, but you just want to show up to have dinner and, and hear Rick Levine's keynote, you can do that as well. So what else do you want people to know about this amazing event? Yeah, I mean, I think we did talk about, of course, it's virtual. So we've talked about join us from the States, but I mean, join us from anywhere in the world. The only thing that that would exclude would be our journey to the medicine wheel, because that's a little bit more difficult to do. We're not going to zoom from out there, but (laughs) if you can do that live, that really promises to be a really, really special and I think unique experience that uh, really is going to help to ground us and to connect us before Mm -hmm. we start the rest of the program. So that is very special to us. And I mean, the whole conference and the lineup of speakers, we're super excited about. Hope yes. to see you all there. <laughs> yes. And if you're coming from out of town, I also want to add that there is a very special world-renowned uh, place nearby called Banff. So Banff, Alberta is driving distance. And uh, that is something that people from all over the world come. It's like one of those things you are supposed to experience at least once in your lifetime. I've heard so many people say that the energy of that space is so powerful and so profound. Uh, I have heard people talk about having a spiritual experience in that space. Uh, And so that is not part of the conference itself. But yeah, if you're coming from out of town, Make use of where you are because, yeah, I, I mean, I know, you know, sometimes I, I'm not always as generous when talking about uh, my home on native land, Canada, but there's a lot of cool things about Canada too. And Banff, Alberta is one of those things. And I would add to that, Nadia, that if, if you have the ability to take an extended trip, there are a number of world heritage sites in Southern Alberta, a number of them. So there's the uh, re- relative to, you know, the, our indigenous culture, there's the writing on stone provincial park, the head smashed in Buffalo jump. Um, we've got like amazing dinosaur museums, like not far from Calgary and that mm-hmm. type of uh, culture. And of course the national parks are just, yeah. Horseshoe Canyon is, is on its, if you're going to the turtle museum for the, the dinosaur museum, uh, Horseshoe Canyon is on the way, and that is like a mini um, Grand Canyon. It, it's it's as if you're in in outer space in another world completely. Um, it, it just is amazing the the things that Jasper National Park is out there, Lake Louise. You're all you are in the beauty of uh, of Western Canada and the glaciers. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots to see and do for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. But the most important thing is the conference. 
Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. Forget everything else. Nature. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. Well, it all goes together, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. For the conference, the camaraderie, the learning, uh, oh. but then again, also the fun. And I don't know if you guys can tell, but just here, Donna, Jeannie, and I, we've had a party right in front of you guys in our own way. <laughs> now imagine that magnified many, many times over. That's what you are set to experience and so much more as part of the Canadian Astrology Conference. So once again, you guys join us in Calgary, Alberta, join us online wherever you can. Uh, we are there as part of learning more astrology, celebrating astrology, having fun as astrologers, and so much more. Uh, Donna, Jeannie, thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm so looking forward to this event. Thank you very much. I'm so looking forward as well. I, I just think astrologers getting together, talking astrology, what's better? What's not to like, right? Just awesome. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, Nadia. Thank well, you, Nadia. Thank you. Thank you both. And thank you, everybody out there for watching. Until we connect again, take care. Bye. 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 